0: Just go to Indeed.com slash Blue Wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Roto Grinders Daily Fantasy Podcasts are presented to you by Yahoo Daily Fantasy Sports. This week, 16, make sure you're heading over to Yahoo again if you are playing paid for play fantasy sports because they've got their $1 million baller tournament back. And they also ran back the guaranteed overlay. Last week was $250,000. They're doing it again. That's over a half million dollars that they are adding to the prize pool over the last two weeks. If you don't know what overlay means, what they're doing is $750,000 in entries is the max they can take and they're going to be paying out $1 million. The best value in DFS is happening right now at Yahoo Sports Daily Fantasy. Check them out, rotogrinders.com slash Yahoo. Use that promo code GRINDERS30 for a $30 matching deposit bonus on that first deposit. Make sure you're playing over there this week 16. It's Yahoo Daily Fantasy Sports.
2: Everybody, what's going on? Happy Wednesday. And you know what time it means? That means it is time for the DFS Pick Six presented by Roto World. We're over here on Roto Grinders, of course. I'm Eric Crane. I'm joined by, as always, two of the best in the business. Now I was told that I need to pick up my energy for the show. Like I don't know, I don't know what was going on, but here, I'll give you guys a little dance. Get excited. We'll do some, you know, we'll do some shakes. Does that sound good, Evan? Are you a shaky kind of guy?
3: I was not the one who said that, so don't pin that on.
2: Yeah, me. No, no, I'm just saying. Do you want to do some shakes with me? No.
3: I just I want to be absolved of, of any accusations. That was Reeves that said that.
2: Oh, I know. No, I know it was Reeves, but like, is Reeves accusing me of not having enough energy? I, I feel don't like. Know. I feel like Reeves is trying to. Mess. He's a divider. That's just rude, Reeves. I I need some shakes
4: from you, buddy. Oh man, I don't need, I operate at a twelve all times. I, I, don't, I don't need to shake anything out. <laughs> Dude, just shake. Like it's like T Swizzle says, man. Just shake, shake it out.
2: Yeah, I mean, look you got all the nicknames. You got to know T. Swizzle, so. Oh, yeah, man. So, I'll tell you what. We're coming off one of the weirder weeks I think we've had this year. None of the tight ends got there. Um, The game with the highest totals had a total of grand total of 27.7. Last week was freaking weird, man.
3: Dude, so weird. So weird. If you made it out alive, you know, congrats to you. There were, like, some clear plays, and we covered them all. You know, Dalvin. Mixing, um, but there were also some clear plays that just totally busted. Um, you know, you you needed Zeke. You didn't want Barkley. I mean, you didn't need Zeke, but if you were going to, you know, pay up for an RB, that was the guy. I thought that um, the 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 Rams game was one to really invest in heavily. That was the case with uh, with Gurley for sure. Gurley had a monster game, uh, although he is not playing his best right now. But the rest of the Rams were very disappointing. That offense is in is in really rough condition right now. Um, you know, they're like, it's, it's almost like defenses have figured them out to some extent. Um, they're they're giving up a lot of interior pressure. I think that their center, John Sullivan, is hurt. Um, and they let go of uh, Jamon Brown, their right guard last year, because they thought that Austin Blythe would be a stud at right guard. And Jamon Brown actually has played pretty well for the Giants, who picked them up off waivers. And Austin Blythe has become a liability and there's a bunch of different factors that have contributed uh to the ram struggles but we, we will get into all that
2: yeah i mean it's just um god it's just been really strange reeves
4: how are you doing man i'm doing good man it was a, it was a weird week 15 i actually had a really good dfs week mixed bag seasonal leagues i was talking to ray Summerlin on our podcast to record today so i had uh full disclosure i had 19 teams make the playoffs this year I got three I, I left. Out of, how, out of how many? Uh 28. That's
2: pretty good, man.
4: And I had I only have three left, though. It's been a bloodbath these past three weeks. Uh Melvin Gordon was probably like my highest owned fantasy player this year, and I've just been scrambling. Uh Evan knocked me out of the league where we were heads up going into Monday night, and he had Saints D and I had Drew Brees. Done like Drew Brees' worst game in like a decade <laughs> in his career. Bounced me, kicked me to the curb uh yeah so seasonal was a little rough but we still got dfs uh yahoo's running the tournament back that was uh pretty lucrative last week i'm excited to max enter that again this week uh so otherwise i mean listen man this is our last show too before christmas uh an old saint nick man he's gonna be pulling up in a big taylor heineke sleigh this year
2: <laughs> <laughs> love it yeah nick Foles of all people evan i've i heard a rumor that you didn't bother getting in the yahoo tournament last week is that true
3: yeah. I mean, I'm just, I'm, I'm worn out, man. I need this season to end. I need to like, you know, start eating healthy again and start working out and like I need this season to end. Like I'm, dude, you, dude, I'm you, in you... bad shape right
2: now. It's hey, bad. okay. I'm going to give you a hug. It's dark
3: outside. Like it's dark at like three.
2: Oh yeah. No, it's if, if, to, if like, you have three. like any form of like seasonal, like whatever it's called disorder, like it's, this is definitely a rough time of year. I've it's got really a little, impressive. yeah, yeah. yeah. Like it's uh no, I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, all right. Well, we got to get you in this Yahoo tournament. I know, I know you're ready for the season to be done, but man, it's just too good to pass up. I'm telling you, you got to get in here. All right. It, all right. Okay. I love Quarter million that they're giving away for free. That just don't happen every day now in the fantasy no. sports world. So we need to get you in there. Uh, let's go ahead and talk about this slate though, because we're going to talk three games. Of course, we're going to talk about, uh, we're going to talk Tampa Bay at Dallas, Houston at Philly, Pittsburgh at new Orleans. And um, let's go ahead and start off with the team in the Cowboys that um for all intents and purposes, just shit the bed last week, Reeves. They got shut out at Indy. I assume that we expect Dallas to do better this week.
4: Yeah, they did not do their part last week, and it's kind of been an ongoing trend with them now on the road. I mean, whether you want to whether you want to place blame on the chicken, what chicken and egg comes first? There, you know, Amari's all of Dak's big games that come on at home, but it's like all of Amari's big games have come at home, and like a lot of those plays that amari is having are a lot more amari than dak like Amari's doing a lot of the lifting on a lot of those splash plays you think about thanksgiving uh the you know him taking a 15 yard dig route you know 90 yards to the house uh his game against the eagles that's that's a lot on of amari he's caught all six of his touchdowns to the cowboys at home he's gonna get all man-to-man coverage this week uh against the bucks defense um He's really great priced on FanDuel again. FanDuel's just been really slow to bump him up. DraftKings immediately was like, nope. After he dropped that second, you know, that he, he had that second 180-plus game. They're like, nope, we're taking him up to wide receiver one. So you still got to pay the 7500 there, but I think he's still easy to easy to pay for, easy to smash things. A clear wide receiver one this week in that matchup. And with the Cowboys, it's business as usual, like always. The same guys you want to highlight every week. Mari's getting the ball uh at Zeke's get definitely in the ball he's got 25 or more touches in his past seven games uh and listen man life of Jarwin is, uh, is on the board here you know make it making it, it happen as a as a top 10 PPR tight end two weeks in a row
2: yeah I mean it's just um I don't know this Dallas thing is just weird because I've spent so much time just fading this team and now all of a sudden they're a team that we're targeting Evan who are you targeting in Dallas this week against Tampa because I kind of feel like the answer is probably everybody
3: I mean, it's definitely Dak and, and Amari. Um, you know, it's like <clears throat> so. One of the um, one of the better data points that came out last week, suggesting that uh, the Cowboys might struggle in that spot, came from Sports Info Solutions, um, which is you know kind of like uh, an up and coming um, you know uh, like data hotbed, and you know with some with some pretty great analytics that no one else is that no one else has. And they noticed, they noted that, or at least not, at least like uh, data that uh, other services don't make public. Like, because we know that PFF has access to this, but they don't necessarily make all this stuff public. Um, but but SIS has been uh, making stuff like this public. And they, they did an article last week on how um, Dak and Amari might struggle because the Colts run the most zone defense in the NFL. And Dak... And Amari have done so much better against man coverage than against zone, which actually makes sense if you think about their skill sets, particularly Dak, because Dak is not an anticipation passer. He's what you know they call like a, a see it, throw it passer. And he needs to see it. You know, he needs to see it open before he throws it. And you know, Jay Cutler was kind of like that. You know, and I'm not like Dak has a more diverse skill set than Jay Cutler, but you know, they're like different quarterbacks are just, they have different styles and, um, and Dak, you know, he, that's the way that he plays. And so that, that, that has really helped, uh, you know, because Amari Cooper's a great route runner and he can get open against man. And so that, you know, so, uh, Dak can see him open. That's why it's been such a great match. And that's why, you know, toward the end when Des couldn't get open anymore, you know, it wasn't a great match anymore. You know, when Jason Witten couldn't get open anymore, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but so the the Buccaneers, their week 16 opponent, they opened the season playing vanilla zone under Mike Smith. Weeks one through six, they were a zone team. Um, since they have changed defensive coordinators under Mark Duffner, uh, their old linebackers coach, they become a man defense. Okay, so are the Buccaneers going to go back and, and start playing zone? Like, do they even know this? I don't know. Do the Buccaneers... <laughs> use analytics like they they traded up for Roberto Aguayo bro you know like <laughs> how, how many
4: teams it? do we think they, look at this stuff
3: they just drafted Ronald Jones 38th overall you remember Ronald Jones yeah made, yeah no he's on some of my best ball teams yeah I remember him oh okay okay so <laughs> so you know are they even looking at this we don't really know or, or are they just going to go run their scheme that's probably what they're going to do Dak has these great home splits. He has a 13 to three touchdown interception ratio at home. uh, And he has these great splits against man coverage. I think that Dak to Amari is um, a really strong play this week. Uh, I, you know, I listened to other podcasts at times. They were saying that it's going to be chalk. Are we sure about that? Amari Cooper let a lot of people down last week.
4: People are very prone to recency bias.
2: Yeah. I'm not sure if it's going to be chalk or not. I think, uh, I mean,
4: let me pull up. It'll take me a second. I'm going to. We talked about last week how Amari wasn't a strong play. And then, yeah, you know, we he was getting. We were off of Mari last week. And he was going to get drawn this week. Definitely want to bounce back to him. I mean, Evan, how many teams do you think? I
1: wasn't.
3: I said uh, multiple times that his price went down on FanDuel. Multiple times. Uh, definitely not off him. And I played him. So I know for sure I wasn't off of him.
4: No, I want to ask you, how, how, how many uh, teams do you think truly alter their defensive scheme coming into a game?
3: uh definitely the Bears do the Bears do uh under Vic Fangio they they mix and disguise their coverages based on uh, on offensive opponent I don't know if that's like there are some coaches that are just such good coaches that they don't even really need analytics like they just know football that well you know um and I think Vic Fangio actually like is kind of like that but um Yeah, I I would say a a very small amount, a very small amount.
2: Okay, so we can expect, you know, Tampa Bay to run that man coverage. And to me, I mean, I'm looking at Amari's projected ownership right now, 12.5%. Obviously, it's Wednesday, so, you know, things are going to move a lot. But, I I mean, I don't know. Like, he did let a lot of people down. I think he might be one of those guys that's a little bit more popular in high stakes than he is in low stakes. And typically, that's the sign of a good play. (laughs) So, I mean, I have to have some interest in uh, Amari then. Reeves, what do you think about Zeke this week? Because obviously he gets a Tampa team that's just, you know, not good at football.
4: I mean, Zeke's the chalk. He'll be the dude that everyone's going to own. And the Bucs have been getting smashed on the ground. They've allowed over 100 rushing yards now in nine straight games. I think it's the second longest streak they've had in franchise history. Zeke is averaging over seven catches per game over the past six games that he's played uh we talked about it last week I mean they took him a long time to figure out that they can get him the ball in space and you know play ahead of the sticks with him in the passing game uh so you just love everything about it I mean he's gonna be the most popular running back play on the main site
2: yeah I mean if you know the three there are basically three chalk running backs this week Zeke Elliott, Saquon Barkley, and Christian McCaffrey and I mean Evan if you look at the three of those guys is Zeke the one that you feel the best about?
3: Absolutely I mean that's all, That's what I got. Absolutely.
2: Yeah. I mean, he, you know, the fact that he's catching passes now, especially in PPR formats, just yep. makes him a guy that like, it's just really hard to fade. So Evan, if I'm looking at this Tampa Bay team, like it, it's so hard to figure out who to run it back with, you know, if you want to game stack this one, Dallas's defense is good. You know, even though Indy put up a bunch of points last week, it was mainly Marlon Mack doing the damage on the ground. And what does that mean? That means that, Oh, okay. Who's good at Tampa Bay running the ball. Oh, that's what we've got. So, like, who are you looking at on Tampa Bay if you want somebody on the other side of this game?
3: Well, another thing that we talked about last week was the possibility that the Bucs just wouldn't have the ball last week, okay? They came into the game averaging the most offensive plays per game in the NFL, 67 and a half. They ran 47 plays last week against the Ravens. And they just didn't have the ball. I mean, you know, so, like, and that could happen again here. Because they can't they're not stopping the run. And the Cowboys can do that, do exactly what the Ravens did to them, I think. Um so I, I'm a little concerned about the Buccaneers. Um, you know, Mike Evans can always make it happen with a couple of big plays. Um, you know, I, I think that chasing Peyton Barber is silly. Cameron Braid has no upside. He hasn't even gotten to 35 yards in a game all year. You have to get touchdowns from him. Um, Deshaun might be back. That's actually a big deal for their offense. I think that their offense has kind of started to sag without Deshaun. And uh, he. it looks like he's coming back. But that's going to cut into Godwin's playing time, which might be a good thing for them because he's got 13 yards on 13 targets over the last two games. Um, so, I mean, I, I'm not really excited about anybody here on Tampa Bay's side.
2: Yeah, I'm trying to find some like I'm always willing to roll the dice on Mike Evans. I'm in again, this has just kind of been a weekly theme with me where, hey, maybe I'll try Mike Evans this week and he loses me money. Uh, Reeves, is there anybody on Tampa Bay that you're interested in? Or can you just like give me the like, ship me the program that says like you are not allowed to click on the Mike Evans button? Cause that would actually be really great right about now.
4: Yeah, probably I would suggest that. I mean, Mike Evans has had a, one of the weirder like fantasy years. Because box stacks are incredible, you know he's over. He's actually actually has a career high in receiving yards already, um, but he's had just you know his past eleven games he's just been a wide receiver one in three games, um, just not really giving you those high ceiling types of games. He also we know he inherently always comes to the low floor too. He's um, when you think of the receivers that he's always taken around in ADP in fantasy football, he seems to have a lower floor than most. He gives you a lot of those four for 40 games uh, more often than those a lot, a lot of those guys. And the Cowboys just don't give up. We talked about this with last week too. They just don't give up big games to wide receivers. Part of that's play volume, Part of that is their secondary play has been a lot better this year. And um, you look at the receivers that have had big games against them. I guess you can kind of say they're these bigger types of guys. I mean, Julio had a good game against them and DeAndre Hopkins, the other big game against them was Golden Tate. Uh, so I mean, at least you can say, well, the, you know, bigger body contested catch guys, maybe uh, Mike Evans can hit, but that's, you can say it about Mike Evans any week, uh, the types of targets he gets. So I mean, it's one of those, I would be more on the negative side. He's not going to be in my player pool this week, um, but I can understand anyone that still always wants to go back to the well, because that's just who he is.
2: Evan, I see you shaking your head. Yes. And um, I would appreciate you just going like this, that way. I don't feel like it's a Like it's not a bad play or something. So talk to me about Mike Evans.
3: I mean, I never think that Mike Evans is a bad play. I think that Reeves put it perfectly. You know, he he wouldn't be in my player pool this week. He's not really on my radar. But, yo, he's also got, you know, and he hasn't had it, you know, very much this year. But I think he's always got that potential just because of his size, because of, you know, the way that he plays, because of Jameis' aggressiveness. And I think that Jameis, we 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 may start to see an impatient Jameis here pretty soon. Um, you know, I think we could definitely see that, which that can be a good thing or a bad thing.
2: Yeah. <laughs> it's a good thing if you're playing the Dallas defense or it's a really bad thing.
3: Dallas defense is very much in play. I mean, very much in play. they yeah, are way could... too cheap on FanDuel, by the way. Okay,
2: I haven't looked at the FanDuel pricing yet, so it's yeah. good to do. I uh, but, uh, check out. But Dallas. yeah, I mean,
3: I, I would never say like no on Mike Evans, you know, I mean, I, you know, he's just...
2: This didn't help me at all. I know, okay. I really need one of We're you. We're enablers.
4: We're enablers, Kane. We to <laughs> Yeah, here,
2: here's Mike Evans and a shot of tequila. Enjoy yourselves, boys. All right, let's move on to Houston at Philly. It's a forty-five and a half point total. Philly, they're one and a half point
4: favorites. And Reeves, are you excited for Nick Foles' week on the main slate? Oh yeah, man. This is game on the main slate, man. This is uh this is the one. This is the this is the hot box. this is a lot of passing is going to go down in this game. And Nick Foles is so cheap on both sides. He's six on FanDuel, 47 on DK. Um, The Texans have allowed a QB1 in three of their past four games. And the one that wasn't, Baker Mayfield, threw for 397 yards. Uh, Houston has allowed a league high 16 pass completions of 20 or more yards their past three games after they were four through 12 weeks. They're starting to get beat over the top. Uh, they've allowed 285 yards passing per game, you know, since week nine, that's 29th in the league. It all sets up, man, for, you know, pay the foals toll uh, this week, you know, especially at his price. If you're looking at who's hitting those big plays or the Eagles, it's actually, you know, this even we after the speed guys, we brought up Robbie Anderson on the show last week. The week before, we brought up Ty Hilton. Alshon's not really a speed guy, but he's the guy running those routes in this offense and getting those targets. Since he returned uh, from his injury, he's led the team and targets fifteen yards or more downfield of twenty. Uh, he also has a pretty good back history with Foles off recent. I mean, he had the eight for one sixty game on Sunday night, three for seventy three and one in the Super Bowl, five for. 85 and two in that NFC Championship game four for 61. The game before that, uh, he's real cheap on both sides, especially on a site like Fanduel where you're you're getting the touchdown upside for the target volume. You know, at that 6300 price, uh, because he's really always not a guy that's always going to flirt with double digit receptions, but he's a guy that can always get you double digit touchdowns to get you a moderate amount of receptions. So, I mean, I'm looking at him at that 6300. It's going to be hard to move off of him there.
2: Yeah, and I'll tell you what—if you're not playing Alshon, then you almost have to go right to Zach Ertz because Houston Evan has just been a train wreck against the tight end.
3: Absolutely, and this is why it sets the game sets up so well for Foles, is because his pass catchers are in in incredible spots. Um, And if you want to look a little bit deeper beyond Ertz and Jeffrey, who I think are both awesome plays, great matchups, you know, great volume expectation. you know, we can go down to, like, Dallas Goddard, who, and his his playing time is way up recently. It's like they took the L on the Golden Tate trade because they they traded for Golden Tate, and, you know, the front office made this decision, and the coaching staff was unable to incorporate him. They're not pulling Alshon off the field, you know. They're not pulling um, Aguilar off the field because they feel like a connection with Aguilar because they nursed him through, you know, like he went through like, you know, psychological issues early in his career and he had a great year and he hasn't been terrible this year, you know? And so they, they weren't, they were never going to pull him off the field. You know, they weren't, obviously they're not going to pull Urs off the field. So, you know, who was going to lose playing time? It was going to be Goddard. And, um, and so like they, you know, and, and so that's what they did initially is they dropped down Goddard's, to try to force in Tate, they dropped down Goddard's usage. And that was a really bad decision, and it hurt their offense. And their offense took a turn for the worse. And because um, their twelve personnel package with Ertz and Goddard on the field is like dominant. Like Goddard is a stud. I mean, he's so freaking good.
2: And he's Goddard's like, the- the, that's the guy that they traded up ahead of Dallas to pick up. Yeah, right I, was, yep. yeah I was. Yeah, I was so
4: mad he went there too. Oh, yeah.
2: yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was the one where Dallas wanted them to replace Winton, and then Philly came up with the middle finger and took him in the draft They traded up, right?
3: Yeah. Yep. Yep. And, you know, like Ertz, or they, they couldn't play Golden Tate outside, you know. So, like, Golden Tate wound up playing in, in their, their uh, 11 personnel, their three-receiver package, and they started using that more, so Goddard had to come off the field. And their offense just sucked, you know, for a while because they weren't, like, optimi- optimizing their personnel. Over the last two weeks, and they should have beat Dallas, but they got like they got hosed on some penalties and you know a bunch of different stuff. And um, but over the last two weeks, they, they're playing Goddard more, and and they dropped down Tate. Tate is like thirty percent, Goddard's up to like sixty percent again. So, and, and I think that is awesome for their offense. Um, especially against this Texans team that can't defend tight ends. And you can go look at like the tight, the tight end production that they've given up, but they've given up a lot of production to number two tight ends as well. Ferkser had four for 52 against them. You know, Lacoste had like 44 yards against them. Which is Maybe.
2: all 44 yards of his season.
3: Hit 43 yards last Saturday, Crane.
2: <laughs> Sorry, I feel so burnt by Matt Lacoste at this point.
3: Yeah, yeah. Um, and anyway, so – um, you know they again they they've tweaked they they started to optimize their offense again and we're we're seeing them play well so I like to see that for them as well I mean they I think they're going to finish strong I think the Eagles are going to finish strong they have good talent they also on the right side of their offensive line they have freaking Lane Johnson and Brandon Brooks and guess who lines up against the, the right side of offensive lines they're they are one of the, the the very few teams in the NFL that it has personnel on the offensive line. Capable of blocking J.J. Watt and neutralizing J.J. Watt, I think they're going to have a good game offensively. I don't think they're going to be able to run the ball, and I think that you know Ertz, Alshon, these one guy, another guy will probably pop up. I don't know who it'll be, maybe Aguilar, Agu- maybe Goddard, maybe Tate, you know. But someone else is going to make a play in this game. I think Foles is going to have a. He's going to crush his his uh, his salary expectation.
2: Yeah, and you know another reason that like Foles, I expect because Houston's run defense isn't as you know it's not awful, so. Yeah, I have no problem whatsoever with Foles this week. And on the the Houston side, we've got Deshaun Watson on the road against Philly, and we all know Philly. They struggle against those big play receivers. So, Reeves, who are we looking at on Houston's side? Are we looking at, I mean, DeAndre Hopkins this week? Always. I mean, always.
4: (laughs) We're not always looking at DeAndre Hopkins. By the
2: way, you got so much love last week
4: saying that he just looks like an old woman in the back of the end zone. He is, man. I mean, I, I, it's my favorite thing about him. I mean, he looks like you know, uh, you know, like he's you know just an old lady. Uh, probably how he how he just deceives all these cornerbacks because he just be mauling all these guys. Uh, you know how amazing was it that game Saturday Island game? The Jets just were just getting roasted by DeAndre Hopkins the whole game and just didn't care. They were like, you know what, Tremaine Johnson paid all this money for you go for it, you know, just go get it, man. Uh, you know, just one-on-one. I mean, not rolling any coverage. Houston had no one else to beat them in that game. And they just, did they just let the one guy beat them. If they could. Uh, but Hopkins, is, I mean, always, man, this is a, a smash spot for him. He now was, um, so the one thing about Houston is in the middle of the year, we were kind of iffy on their passing game because they were on that big win streak and not throwing the football. They weren't really getting pressed to throw the football. Now that their pass defense has sunk back, the target, the passing volume has gone up. You know, Deshaun Watson's uh, passing volume has gone up. Thirty-three pass attempts now. The past three games, after twenty-five or fewer, uh, you know, uh, the seven games before that. DeAndre Hopkins now is three games in a row with double-digit targets after his targets sagged in the middle of the year because the passing volume dipped. We're going to have that again this week. I, I, I think both sides. Um, it's going to be it's going to be a passing game on both sides. Uh, you can run this back in a lot of directions. Uh, you can really stack this game. I even think, you know, man, and you, you guys can mute all this and delete this part of the podcast. I don't even think that uh, where he's priced that if you're going to stack this game in tournaments that Demarius Thomas is still on the table. You know, since the target volume has gone up, he's been I'm a low-level wide receiver three. The targets have bounced. Targets have bounced back up. Everyone crushes this defense uh, as a secondary. I mean, they they did play well on Sunday night and Jared in, uh, against Jared Goff and the Rams. Um, but, I mean, I don't think that that's really something true given their personnel in the secondary that's going to be a weekly thing. Uh, I think that Houston's going to have success throwing the football as well. Uh, I think that this is just a game I'm really excited for. So, I mean, hopefully we get some nice clean weather and, you know, we have some high passing back and forth when we get that shootout. Yeah, I mean, to
2: me it's it's pretty simple when you're looking at this side from the Houston side. You play, you play DeAndre Hopkins, you play Deshaun Watson. And Deshaun Watson, I mean, Evan, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but his – particular skill set running the football really lines up well against the Eagles, right?
3: Absolutely. And I also think that there's a good play in this game. If you're a sports better, you bet the over. Yeah, it does seem a little low. mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah. Um, yeah, there are two games on this slate where I think that the over is just like just screaming at you, just screaming at you, man. And um, this is one. It's already moved up to 46. uh, Looks like.
2: Okay, so it's already uh, on the rise, then.
3: It's already on the rise, but it's not. It's not high enough. It's not high enough. I, I don't know. I don't know why it's not higher than this. Um, and game totals
4: any- rever- rarely swing into even when they rise or, or depreciate. They rarely ever swing far enough to really move you off of them, you know, in the direction. Like mm-hmm. they're like what the most this will probably get to is you know around forty-seven. You know, probably probably forty six and forty seven. Yeah, I think
3: you, you 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 get it before it gets to forty seven because forty seven is a very key number.
4: Oh, the best of the number is now.
3: Yeah, yeah. Forty seven is you know you hit at twenty seven twenty, such a common common finish. Twenty four twenty three. You know, I mean, you 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 hit you hit this over. I mean, I I think it's a really great process play. Um. Uh, yeah, you mentioned uh, the the quarterbacks uh, with movement ability facing the Eagles, just have crushed them. Just have crushed them. Cam was the quarterback three against them. Uh, Dak was the quarterback one and the quarterback nine against them. Uh, Mariota was the quarterback seven against them, and Blake Bortles was the quarterback twelve against them. <laughs> well, so, when you
2: when you bring up Bortles, that's when you know it's really it's
3: really yeah. something. So you know, I, I definitely like you know, I try to avoid like overconfidence, you know, in stuff like this. And so I start to think about reasons that I could be wrong about this game, you know, like why is it not forty nine? Why is it not fifty? Yeah, you know. And so you look at the weather. The weather doesn't look too bad. Um, the the big uh, potential uh, uh, roadblock would be that I think that both quarterbacks could be under pressure, especially. Deshaun Watson. Um, the Eagles still lead the NFL in quarterback hits. And Watson is still taking sacks at like a, a ridiculous rate, but he still found a, a way. And the, the the Texans, like they don't score many points. Like they have not been putting up big numbers in terms of points. And you have Nick Foles on the other side who, Hey, we saw him. He looked pretty good last week, but he's still Nick Foles, you know? So Look, there's de- you know it's definitely like not a lock, and you know I always try to play like when it when I like I'm writing up the game I'm like oh my god I love this I love this you know I know Reeves does this too you know but like when he's like you know researching for a game and you know you're you, you you're like oh my god you know this is awesome you know um, but then you have to like kind of you know pull yourself rein yourself back in and think you know why could I be wrong and I think that those are some of the reasons that 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 uh, this could go wrong.
2: Yeah, Reeves. I assume that you're heavy on the over here as well, right?
4: Yeah, I mean Fairburn be scoring these points though. He's like he's like the every <laughs> we then, like... We'd be if, if kickers were still on Vando, we'd be playing Fairburn every week, man. Uh, I actually have the uh, the Watson stat for sacks. He's been he's it's the most sacks at this point in the season since 2006. It was John Kitten to picked 55 sacks through 14 games. He's been sacked 52 times. Dak has actually one behind him at 51. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, Watson has been taking a lot of heat this year. I'm so glad we just
2: got a John Kittner reference. That really makes me happy. Like, my my high school self is pumped right now. All right, let's talk Pittsburgh and New Orleans. 53-point total, the Saints' six-point favorites at home. And this is the game that everybody's targeting. You know, all the other totals are below 50. Meanwhile, this game, it ain't below 50. Uh, Evan, are you still here? Nope. Evan, Evan, way the go bye-bye. I understand it happens. So, Reeves, let's talk about this Saints side because obviously – at the dome, the uh the course field of DFS, as you like to say, course field of football. And they get a match with Pittsburgh, a team that uh, just did pretty well against the um against the Patriots. But to me, this is a really great spot for the New Orleans offense. Where are you targeting
4: on New Orleans? Yeah, I kind of have mixed feelings, but I'm curious for Evans' sake, whereas the last game I thought was a smash spot for the over, this one I'm kind of thinking has a shot to go under expectations. I'm thinking this game is a shot to be a letdown. I'm really curious to hear Evan's take on this Saints offense that the past month now is 29th in the NFL in offensive yardage uh, per game. We know that they always struggle on the road, and, the, and Breeze has always had these road bugaboos, but historically Breeze has only looked bad on the road because the context of how good he is at home. When you look at him compared to other road quarterbacks, he's still fine and puts up big numbers. He's just put up all these Boku numbers uh, at home. So we are like, well, Brees is a letdown on the road. That has not been the case over the stretch. Drew Brees has been legitimately bad these past three weeks. It's not just him on the road. He's averaging 5.6 yards per attempt, 4.6 adjusted yards per attempt, bottom of the league in that stretch. The Saints offense only has two good players. And that's it. It's Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas. Like Mark Ingram's fine. The offensive line is banged up now. They're starting to rotate guys through injuries. We saw them trying to mix and match guys in that game on Monday night. Um, the Steelers are a team that can put pressure on the quarterback, uh, even as good as the Saints offensive line is. If they're going to be rotating guys, the Steelers are a team that puts up, a, I think they're they're second in the league in sack rate in the NFL behind the Vikings. Uh, so, I mean, I'm looking at this and I, I don't know if this, just, just this going home is a cure-all for the Saints. I don't also want to just uh, – I, I don't want to say it's a, a negative though either, obviously, because how good they played there. Like, we could easily forget about this three-game stretch if they just go back home and bounce the Steelers. Um, but I, I do have some concerns in just immediately wiping the slate clean and saying, well, they're back in New Orleans. It's all going to be fine. I think there's some tricky matchups uh, in this game for them. Obviously, if they're going to move Michael Thomas inside like they should this game, he can be a guy that can cause a lot of damage. But we saw him last Monday be in the slot and not be like really effective you know he had some catches called back but you know seven catches for 49 yards like that's not that's not going to do it for you that's not going to win you football games with your number one wide receiver when you're running out Tommy Lee Lewis and Traquan Smith and Josh Hill and all these ancillary jabronis I mean these guys are just dudes like these these are not like these aren't these guys aren't even Devery Henderson's they're not even Robert Meacham's these guys are just jags these are bad football players Ben Watson has left like 150 yards in the field the past four weeks this dude can't catch the rock he just had his 106th birthday uh you know yesterday uh I mean fire I fire. listen we we've done this before with the Saints I get it um but I don't think that it was just them being on the road the past three weeks they legitimately were playing bad offense and the defense has been sensational which has not helped them
2: all I know is that I'm naming my next rock band, Ancillary Jabronis. Um, Evan, let's talk about this Saints side. Like Reeves very clearly has some concerns. What about you? Do you have any concerns for the Saints moving forward?
3: I just, you know, clearly Reeves
4: hates uh, Kevin Arnold. What did you think about Winnie? Oh, no, we talked about Winnie a few weeks ago, man. Get her out of here. She just, you know, make Kevin drive all the way uh, to take a cooking job at the pool and she's sleeping with the other lifeguard. Yeah. Get her out of here. Cut her. Cut her from the team.
3: Well said, well said, my friend.
2: <laughs> All right, Evan, the Saints, what do we think about this week? I have no idea what just happened.
3: I mean, I'm a little more upbeat about Michael Thomas than uh, Reeves is. Uh, I think Reeves is, you know, ultimately upbeat about Michael Thomas. But um, but I think everything you said was right. And I definitely have reason. I, I have reason to be skeptical on both sides in this game. I, I would never bet unders. I, I would never do that. Because, you know, you can do all the game analysis that you want and, like, teams, you know, fall behind or they just start playing differently, like, at the end of the game. And so your game analysis doesn't matter anymore, you know. So, like, I would never do that. But if I was forced to make a bet on this game, I think I would bet the under. Um, I, both of these defense, I think, are legit. I know that the the Steelers had a couple hiccups there uh, against the Chargers. Um but, I mean, they can rush the passer. Um, you know, they've got pretty good DBs. You know, they've got a bunch of talent up front. They've got great talent up front. Defensively, you know, they don't really make the bust that they do. Although, you know, you see the Chris Hogan play last week and you're like, what the heck is going on? You know, sometimes they just refuse to cover guys. They're definitely like a defense that um, makes no adjustments for the opponent, really, other than maybe sticking like Joe Hayden On someone, Um, they make no adjustments based on the opponent. Like they just let Keenan Allen have like 19 catches in a game, you know. Like they just like they didn't make any adjustment, you know. And it was clear like it was like Rivers was never gonna back off that. Uh, I last week I I turned off the the MNF crew because Witten and uh, the other guy, you know, the other guys are just they're terrible. Booger, yeah. Booger's on worst. But I listened on Westwood One. And Kurt, Wo- Kurt Warner is an actually good football analyst. He's awesome, dude. And he's like, you know, every time Michael Thomas is, lines up in the left slot, they're putting Shaq Thompson on him every single time. I don't know why they don't do that every play. I don't know why they don't do that every play, you know? And he's, like, harping on this. And, like, Witten and, you know, Booger, they would never even, like, notice that, you know? I don't even, like, they're talking about crazy stuff, you know? just They're, they're
4: too busy talking about Colin Kaepernick.
3: Yeah, they're just like out here making the audience dumber, you know. And that's why I love to listen to Kurt Warner because he he like he makes you smarter. Like you learn about football when you listen to Kurt Warner. Um, but you know, again, this is a Steelers defense that doesn't make adjustments. I think we're going to get Michael Thomas against linebackers for very much of this game. He leads the Saints in in slot routes. And I was thinking during the game, you know, as Warner was saying, harping on that. I was like, well, you think maybe they're saving it up for next week? Like, you know, they, they know they were their, their play calling was so close to the vest last week. It was almost like strange, I thought, you know, on Monday night. And so, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm going off here on, on a crazy tangent. But I think that Michael Thomas is an awesome play against the Steelers. The Saints need to put him in the slot like at least 50% of the time. He's going to get great linebacker matchups. Reeves is right that they they're they're short on skill position player talent. They may get Ted Ginn back this week. No. They might. Yes, yes, Traquan week. Yeah, well, see, see, oh. Traquan, Traquan has been good in his three home games, but he's played three of nine home games. So can we really trust this sample? Probably not. He's running a lot of routes though. He's running a lot of routes. I
2: love. He's only
4: 4K on draft.
3: I I, kind of love
4: him, too. The only team better than the Steelers against the deep ball is the Bears this year. Uh, Fair enough. But
3: but Trey Cohen also showed us that he has more than that in his repertoire. He had a 10-catch game. He's not just a deep ball guy, necessarily. I don't know. I mean, they've mostly used him that way. I don't know. Either way, like, I I love Michael Thomas, but I think that this game is going to disappoint in terms of overall scoring. I think that on the other side, you can make arguments against pretty much everyone in the Steelers' skill position core. You can make a good argument against everyone. The Saints' defense is unreal. It's unreal. Over their last six, they're giving up, what, 12 points per game, and they're they're not playing like slouch offenses. They played like Tampa Bay. They played, you know, Dallas. They played Atlanta. They played New England. You know, they are not playing trash offenses. And getting, you know, I, I don't know. I, th- I think that both of these – I think this game is going to be like 23 to 21. Well, let's talk about these Pittsburgh
2: uh, skill players because, Rich, if James Conner comes back, I mean – He's not. He, really? You don't think he's coming back? They, nope. said he's,
4: they, they said today he's probably unlikely.
2: Oh, wow. I missed that. Okay, so uh, yeah. Jalen's – Oh, that really takes away some of the luster of this Pittsburgh offense. Because I was actually kind of interested in James Conner as a pass catcher this week. But uh, if that's not going to happen, it sounds like Samuels is going to be, be the well, guy. Well, if you like
4: James Conner as a pass catcher, why would you like Jalen Samuels? As a pass James, catcher? Because
2: James Conner's better than Jalen
4: Samuels. At pass catcher?
2: At football. Maybe. <laughs> All right. So talk to me about <laughs> these
4: Pittsburgh guys. Are you looking at? Is just the, you know, the normal guys. Well, we know where the ball is going in the offense always. I mean, like Evan said, that the Saints have allowed 17 or fewer points in six straight games. That's their longest streak in franchise history. Played good teams over that stretch. Pittsburgh has been known to kind of, you know, not be able to score points against good defenses at times. We saw it even a little bit last week, they just really couldn't get anything going in that game. Uh, you know, both those teams traded touchdowns the first drive, and the rest of that game yeah. was just like really nothing happened the rest of that game. Um and what's funny, too, is the Steelers, they were extremely pass-heavy, though, uh, up until that point. And then they, they were run-heavy last week. You know, they unleashed the run game, and they unleashed it effectively. That's not going to happen here. Listen, man, old Jalen's not going to be rushing for a buck 20 on, these, on the Saints defense. Number one against the run in the NFL, that's not even always just script-induced. I mean, they're allowing just 50 rushing yards per game to opposing running backs. Uh, not gonna be a game where you want to target him as a rusher. Maybe we see him uh, bounce back as a pass a pass catcher. I think he still has some appeal uh, in that area, even though you don't like him, Crane. Um and then as far as these Steelers go, it's usually just been, I mean, as we talked about it last week, I mean it's been as simple if you want to just dissect it as play Juju on the road and play Antonio Brown at home. Like I mean, we can it's really what it's come down to. Um, if you wanna go back to the Thanksgiving game, like maybe the Saints try to do something similar they did against the Falcons where they let You know, Marshawn Lattimore play on Juju, and then they try to bracket Antonio Brown. But that didn't even work against the Falcons. The Falcons receivers went nuclear that game. Uh, So, I mean, there still can be – the Steelers can still not score touchdowns in this game and still be under 20 points, and both those guys can still have good games uh, because they're the only guys that are going to really get the ball in the passing game outside of Jalen Samuels because it's not a Vance McDonald game. Uh, he's he hasn't really been producing anyways outside of you know a touchdown here or there. So I mean I still think the Steelers receivers can have good games. without the Steelers scoring points. The problem with the Steelers always in the DFS standpoint is you got to pay for those guys. They don't come cheap. Uh, always you don't get any. You don't get no freebies on those guys. Um, so that's always a problem. And that's what always makes them hard to stack as well uh, because you have to pay such top dollar for those guys. But I think that both the Steelers receivers could still have productive fantasy
1: games.
2: Yeah, you know, you bring up a good point because even if we like Juju, even if we like Antonio Brown and DFS, man, they're just always so priced up. Like, it's really hard to pair him with Ben because Ben's always one of the most expensive quarterbacks. Evan, I assume if you think this game goes under, you're not all that interested in these Pittsburgh pieces.
3: Well, you know, if it was, you know, a couple years ago and Antonio Brown was, you know, uh, still in his prime, you know, I might might like him. But, you know, he's kind of in that grunt bucket at this time. and. ouch. yeah, Gronk, Eli Manning. Okay, oh, so he's not at
4: surfboard status yet.
3: <laughs> he's, a star, yeah. he's
2: a surfboard running routes. <laughs>
3: he's like a snowboard. He's like a snowboard. he's like a snowboard. You what? He's like a snowboard.
2: Snowboard. Okay, well it was, it was surfboard. Hey, it's getting colder. I'm all right with the snowboard. I'm okay with that. Yeah. I mean, either um, way, he's slow. So slow. So slow. <laughs> uh and... has he at is he at an Eric Tomlinson level yet?
3: Yo, Tomlinson, how about that uh, little uh, sh- little shovel pass in the alley? He had like a seventeen yard gain.
2: He would have never caught it if I was on him. That's all I'm saying.
3: Yeah, I, I believe like... you. Believe <laughs> you see how he's holding the ball? He was holding it like a like Lashawn McCoy? It was awesome. I didn't catch that. Was he just okay. like just grabbing it with his hands or? Yeah, yeah, just holding it like a like a loaf of bread, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love football. <laughs> yeah, I love I love, love Eric Tomlinson. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, no, Juju is the play here. Juju is the play, uh, for sure. He uh, he played outside receiver for three weeks, and you know he has been a slot, you know, for most of his uh, most of his time. But they they're trying to get Switzer involved and stuff, and you know, just kind of never happened, you know. And um, now they they got James Washington involved last week, and James Washington actually led them in receiving yards with a pathetic 65 yards but you know like he kind of made some plays last week and he's an outside receiver so that kicked Juju back into the slot 60 I think he was 67 62 something like that and that's where you want your receiver against the Saints they haven't been getting killed in the slot recently they haven't really played like a bunch of great slot receivers recently but you would want your guy lined up against PJ Williams rather than you know Marshawn Lattimore or Eli Apple with help so I think that juju is the clear play here um, if you're going to go for a Steelers pass catcher man I, Jalen Samuels is so good in fantasy I, I mean I love Jalen Samuels I don't know what his price is up to on FanDuel yet um, but is, is he like 6,400 or something
2: I actually have Yahoo pricing up right now hold on let me okay. really quick you can tell where I'm doing all my research Matt. yeah like Free money is good on a uh, on DraftKings. He's sixty seven hundred, so it came up about a thousand bucks there. He's expensive. On Fanduel, he is uh sixty seven hundred on Fanduel as well.
3: So there you go. So um would you play him over Tevin Coleman at sixty four hundred, dude? I feel like. I just wrote off Tevin Coleman
2: a month ago, and it feels like like I broke up with a girlfriend or something, and now she's just coming back and she's like, "Hey, remember me?" And she's living in my closet or something. Like it's just like, it's just weird. I want to be rid of Tevin Coleman, but he keeps coming back into my life. So can we just agree to get rid of Tevin Coleman moving forward?
3: Please. I
4: mean, he ain't okay. playing the Cardinals this week. Well,
3: oh, hang, hang hang on. He, he's playing a tanking team.
2: No, I get it. I'm just I'm just I'm never going to Tevin Coleman. He's right.
3: left till he hits free agency. All right, we got a great contract to your narrative here. We got we got long speed, we got Devontae Freeman and Edo Smith on IR. Jeremy Let's Langford work. though. Wow, yeah.
2: Jeremy Langford's never happy. mind. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> and Brian and Brian Hill.
4: Oh, I mean bad. it's uh, the thing is I just like I even I don't play know, Brian like Hill I... in preseason DFS. I wouldn't even play him. He's bad. <laughs> I'm just saying that, like, no, I think Coleman's fine, though. <sighs> I just would you play him or Jalen? I don't think Jalen's a, 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 a cash play, so mm. really, I like him more. I like him. I, I mean, I don't think that they run the ball at all, so maybe on DK you can get away with it. Um, but I don't think the Steelers have any success running the football in this game.
3: Yeah, I agree with that. And the then we DeSantis,
4: don't – and we haven't seen him rush for a touchdown yet. So the Saints
3: D is legit, man. Like, at yeah, linebacker, they are so fast. They're so athletic at linebacker. Anzalone, you remember him in college at all? I think he played at Florida. He played like nine games in his college career. But Urban Meyer would say, like, he was the, the best player on their defense in practice. And he, like, he tested like a total freak. And, you know, he was just always hurt. And he was actually hurt all last year but he's come back. He's been healthy this year. He is just flies to the football. Demario Davis is like, I think like the number three, that was a mistake by Sashi. You know, he, he, he let uh, Demario Davis go, uh, but they had drafted Joe Schobert. So actually it wasn't a mistake. Uh, Demario, but Demario <laughs> Davis, he, I think he's like the number three linebacker at, at pro football focus in terms of offball linebackers. Um, I mean, they just, they have a lot of athleticism on the, on the second level, they've got a great secondary, great safety play. Eli Apple has been a great addition. Yeah, They can push the passer from both ends. Marcus Davenport and Cameron Jordan. Up the middle, Sheldon Rankins. I mean, they are legit. This is a great defense. This is a top five defense in the NFL. No question.
2: That's scary with that offense. All right, guys, let's talk about some uh, of our favorite quarterbacks on the slate. And Obviously, we've already talked about some of them. Reams, who you got for us this week? Is it, I mean, I don't know. Just tell me. Who are your favorite quarterbacks?
4: Well, I mean, we talked about a lot of those guys. I mean, Baker is on the board, obviously. I mean, at home against the Bucks defense. Really curious to see how the Browns do this weekend because it's the first defense that Freddie Kitchens is going to face a second time. So I'm curious to see like what, you know, what what counter punches he makes. And he roasted him the first game. I'm just curious to see what he alters. I, I don't think the Bengals are really gonna put up much of a fight on the road. That uh, game total that game already got pounded earlier. It opened at seven. It's already up to eight and a half. Uh Browns are gonna smoke, man. I mean, it's crazy. The Browns uh I can't remember the last time they were eight and a half point favorites. I'll have to look it up uh to see. You know, I mean, that they were just laying eight and a half. Uh here we go, man. Uh like Baker. <laughs> What's that? Probably not since Belichick. I mean, it's it's been a while. It's had to have been at least three or four years, four years, five years.
3: Uh, Derek Anderson, Braylon Edwards era, maybe.
4: I'll look it up when uh, yeah. you riff. I want to hear a Heineke take though. Can you got you got a Heineke take for me?
3: Talk to me, Evan. I mean, he was pretty good this preseason. He runs four six two out of Old Dominion. Um, he's real small. He's six foot. Um, you know, what's interesting is that the book on him is that, is that he had no arm strength coming out of college, and they would bring him in for the Hail Marys. You know, they brought him in for two Hail Marys. One was at the end of the game earlier this year, and the other one was a halftime Hail Mary. And, I mean, he ripped like a 50, 60-yard throw. Um, so, I I don't know. I, uh, And then, what's the best way, to, best way to put it? The coaching staff is high on Taylor Heineken. I'll say that the coaching staff is high on Taylor Heineke. What does that mean? I don't know. I'm certainly not trying to play any of the past. i oh, was Bet- gonna say it sounds like you're trying to play him. No, 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 no. But um, if we, you know, find out by the end of the week that, like, um, like I wouldn't downgrade McCaffrey all that much. I don't know. I probably would. I probably would. I shouldn't say that. I mean,
4: I, you just just play the Falcons. It's the Falcons. Just play the Falcons defense. <laughs> all right.
2: Yeah, it's tough to go wrong there.
4: So I looked it up. It's uh, – so the Browns, since they've come back in 1999, they've, they've laid eight and a half just twice. How uh, are they
2: doing both those games? Because it matters uh, what in they, the they, it,
4: they covered both.
3: Oh. The last
4: time was when they played the 49ers in week 17 of 2007 when Johnny Manziel was the quarterback. Isaiah Crowell had a good game. It was against – oh, man, I have to look this up. Who was the 49ers quarterback in that game? It was someone awful. Hang on, um, hang on. You
3: just said 2007.
4: Yeah, Chris Wanky started for the – it was it was Derek Anderson versus Chris Wanky. Okay, okay, okay.
2: Are we really getting John Kitna and Chris Wanky references on this show? How do people like – this is the show to download every I remember
4: one. that game because the 49ers like had like a bunch of guys get hurt and they literally just signed like Wanky just like to play the last week of the season and played. Uh, but the Browns Didn't covered twice.
3: D'Angelo Williams played quarterback in that game? What's that? Didn't they have like D'Angelo Williams in the Wildcat the whole game or something?
4: No, this was, this was the 49ers signed wanky to play okay
3: okay
4: okay <laughs> like the it was like basically just like playing finishing a season um but they covered both twice they've been eight and a half point favorites they covered both uh since they've been back <laughs> oh, oh
3: sorry All right. so Manziel against the 49ers and then i, <laughs> I had know, it wrong
4: it wasn't Manziel, It was da okay.
2: either way it was not a good uh not a good quarterback i was gonna ask you guys what do you think about andrew luck this week you know, a big-time home favorite against the Giants team that's, you know, just not good. Any interest in luck for, uh, for you, Evan?
3: Um, I'm interested to hear uh, Reeves' uh, take on this as well. I think that OBJ, whether he plays in this game, impacts, has such a massive impact on this game. Like, I don't think I'm going to play Ebron unless OBJ plays. You know, I don't, I think I'm not going to, because I think it could just very easily play out very similarly to last week. What happened last week is that, Marlon Mack just ran all over um, you know, their, their opponent, uh, Dallas. The Giants have a way weaker run defense than the Cowboys. And if the, the, you know, the, the Giants can't like mount any points, if they can't be competitive on the scoreboard, like why wouldn't they just do exactly what they did last week? You know, And their, their defense is underrated. The Colts defense is very underrated. They don't give up any big plays. You know, this is another team with a lot of speed at linebacker. And they're just assignment sound. They never make mistakes, you know. And so uh, I, I just – you need Odell to play. You need Odell to play, like, to get Sterling Shepard back in the slot. You cannot have Sterling Shepard being a perimeter receiver, you know. Like, he can get a win outside, you know. Um, he, and, I mean, I guess he would – the only guy that would get hurt by this would be uh, Ingram, Evan Ingram. Um, but I mean, I think that like in order to play Andrew Luck, you want the other team to be able to score some points. You're not want them. your the other team to get like zero points, you know, and they're very much at risk of getting shut out if they don't have Odell Beckham.
2: Okay. Any other
4: quarterbacks for you, Ribs? No, I think we pretty much uh, got it. All right. Any for you, Evan? Uh, I guess we, yeah, we
3: talked about Dak, um, I uh, kind of like Trubisky actually at San Francisco. I think that San Francisco keeps that game close and Trubisky always has that rushing upside. I love Allen Robinson. This week, Sherman has been really struggling recently and they lost their other cornerback, Akella Witherspoon, who was bat- bad early in the year, but he had been better recently. And then they're going to be playing a rookie, Tabarius Moore, and he's gotten cooked. Um, So I I like uh, Mitchell Trubisky, Allen Robinson as like a a tournament stack. Um, Looking through the rest of these quarterbacks right now, I think we pretty much hit on all of them. It looks like Aaron Rodgers is going to play. I think he's just going to force feed Devontae Adams' targets because Devontae Adams is going for some records.
2: Okay, yeah, I'm always interested in Devontae Adams, and uh, yeah, especially if Aaron Rodgers is in there. Let's talk some running backs. Reeves, give me some other running backs uh, that – that we like that we haven't talked about.
4: Well, I mean, the branch off of Evan's whole diatribe there on luck. I mean, Marlon Mack. I mean, he's – that last week was the first poor matchup that he crushed. Like, he had always been just completely matched up base uh, in all of his games. He had, like, a touchdown into Jaguars, but was still bad in that game. Last week he shredded. uh, You know, you look at his other good games that came – he had 96 yards against the Dolphins, 149 yards against the Raiders, 159 at home against the Bills in a blowout set up at home uh, against the Giants if OBJ doesn't play the Giants a lot of rushing touchdown in nine straight games it's set up real well for uh, Marlon Mack here and he's like said uh, he's been just real kind of matchup dependent Giants allowing 153 yards from scrimmage to running backs 25th in the league they've allowed 18 rushing touchdowns to running backs set up real well for Marlon Mack there
2: you know, I'll tell you what. I, I get it with Marlon Mack. I just have a I just have trouble clicking his name for 7,000 bucks over.
4: He's always a great tournament guy though cuz he has like like big big plays juice. My
2: my best week this week was with, with the week that Marlon Mack went off against the uh was it the Raiders game that he went won? Off? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was just like it was just a beatdown. Evan, what do we do with Jamal Williams, man? Like he's 5.8k on FanDuel against the Jets. He's going to get the looks, I would guess. Like what do we do with Jamal Williams? Play him. Okay, that works. Who are some other running backs you like?
3: <laughs> um, Nick the Nuts Chubb. All for right. Sure. Uh, we talked about Tevin. Kalen Bellage. I think, is just somebody we need to talk about. You know, six two two twenty eight out of Arizona State, four four six speed. Did you see him on that run last week? Yeah. He's, like, running away from DBs. He's outrunning DBs. Yep. He can... He's got some freaky speed, man. What did you think about him – Coming out of college, Reeves, I know his his production profile was just trash.
4: Yeah, I talked to him about a Mansion show in the um, in the fall. You know, prior to the draft, you know, it's concerning because he lost his job in college. Uh, became just he was he was like more just like a relegated to be like a pass catcher. But I mentioned just like guys of his profile, like I always take a shot on at drafts. You know, these guys that are. You know, uh, 220 pounds, you know, ru- run 4-5-40s. Like, they're, you know, moth to the flame, man. If they're cheap, I'm going to take a shot at them. Uh, the Dolphins hate Ke- uh, Drake, Kenyon Drake. They hate him. They uh, really do. Like, it's crazy. They, I mean, straight, straight, straight. They, they do. I mean, I guess, like, he can't – he's, like, a bad – they don't trust him in pass pro, they don't like him in the scheme. I don't know. He was really good at the end of last year when he was forced to play, though. I don't know really know what the story is. There's definitely something underneath the hood that's definitely not we we're not privy to, uh, because this guy's got no burn consistently. He's been productive when he plays too. Even this year when he gets touches, he's been a solid play. But uh, I would expect you know Kalen Bosch to lead the team in, in carries this week, uh, bar none. They're home favorites. The Jaguars' run defense has not traveled. Uh, they're on 150 rushing yards per game on the road as opposed to 80 at home. Uh, so I mean home favorite i mean it's it's hard to it's hard to say that he's he, he doesn't check a lot of boxes there and you get the price factor as well so i mean yeah um definitely it my biggest concern with him is that like yeah, he'll get the
2: start, but I'm afraid that they're gonna be splitting enough carries to where I'm not gonna fall in love with him. Is that am I just being too nitpicking? Well, he's the
4: kind of runner too. He's either gonna hit that run like he hit last week or he's not. Like I said, he, he was like that in college. Um it's what lost him his job as a as as a runner, as the primary runner in his backfield. Um he's he's gonna be one of those all or nothing, the you know, all or nothing guys, man. But then in like a tournament play for his price, like you've got that as a home favorite. Like, I mean, it's hard to pick apart. The, the pros for where you're saying to, you you know, I, I hate using Udo GPP as a crutch, but like we're not playing with cash. It's right. hard to, it's hard to like really to, to like crush the negatives because we're already factoring them in. He's given up five sacks in pass protection
3: over his last seven games. That's not good.
4: Drake though, not that.
3: <laughs> Ballard, uh, Balazs gave up one last week, but that's only, he's only given up one. Brandon Bolden week. They got to play Brandon Bolden. That's the thing. Like they could go give carries to Bolden.
2: That's what I mean. That's why I I just can't trust any of these guys. Like I just don't, ah, man, I like, I I, get it. If people want to play him, I will certainly not be playing Leonard Fournette though, who is just dead to me. I was just about to
3: mention him. (laughs) Go ahead and
2: mention him, And it'll be, it'll be a quick discussion.
3: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, he's the ultimate GPP, you know, he's got an incredible matchup, but like, what is going on there? Are they, they trying to tank?
4: Are they tanking? I don't, I don't know if they know. They that. have to be. Have you watched Cody Kessler play football? Like as, as bad rushed. as Bortles was,
3: rushed for more yards than he threw for last week.
4: Yeah, <laughs> that happened. Yeah,
3: not I, even Lamar Jackson is doing that. By the way, you know how like how
2: tilted we're all going to be this time next year when Leonard Fournette's. Uh, like auction stock goes to like twenty five bucks, and we've all talked ourselves into Leonard Fournette shares in two thousand nineteen season long. Like you know that's going to happen, right?
3: Oh, I'm drafting him next year.
2: Me too, and it's just going to it's going <laughs> to screw me. Like I'm already regretting it. It's not even two thousand nineteen yet. I'm regretting what I'm going to do in August of two thousand. Leonard
4: Fournette is a two three turn. That's yeah,
2: right. It's just going to be a disaster, man. I already know it. All right, real quick, let's hit on some wide outs. Reeves, who you got for us?
4: Um, we touched on most of the guys. So um, Amari's like the primary play. Evan Ingram, if Odell doesn't play, is in a really good spot. Uh, his splits now with 13 games without Odell are really good. Uh, 4.6 catches, 55 yards, and eight targets per game. Opposing teams target their tight ends 24% of the time. It's Colts' third highest rate in the league. We saw Jarwin have an effective game last week. Then you can go, I don't think it's point chasing if you want to keep playing Robbie Anderson where he's priced. 27% of team targets over the past 3 games. Packers have allowed 10 receiving touchdowns to opposing lead wideouts, a lot of splash plays. And the last guy if you're chipping a chair guy, not Min, but um I think if you're he's a better play I think than uh Robert Foster. Uh is Isaiah McKenzie out targeted and played 96% of the snaps in the slot last week. Uh is facing a team that's 29th uh in slot yardage allowed to wide receiver, or slot points allowed to opposing wide receivers, and the Patriots are also another team that play the deep ball really well um, in the league. So I don't think it's gonna be a Robert Foster type of game. I think it'll be more of an Isaiah, Isaiah McKenzie uh, chipping a chair mix them into your uh, player pool uh, ownership there. Evan, any other wideouts for you to touch on?
3: Uh, yeah, um, I mentioned Allen Robinson, Devontae Adams. I think is an incredible play, assuming Aaron Rodgers is out there. I love Robert Woods. Uh, against Arizona he's going to get no Patrick Peterson and they need to like pull down his a dot and just let him eat all game in the slot this all game he he should get like 12 15 targets this week i mean you know i mean i wouldn't project him for that but like that's what he should get this week um and then uh i like Julian Edelman uh Julian Edelman is just eating every week uh, the Bills rush the passer, and they don't really cover the slot real well. And Edelman is crushing targets, and uh, I think he looks great out there. And, you know, the other guys kind of don't. So um, I think that Edelman – and and he uh, killed Buffalo earlier this season. I think we get, we get him, you know, four of six catches, you know, upwards of ten.
2: All right. Uh, that's going to do it for us. Reeves, did you have any other White House you wanted to touch on before we go?
4: Nah, I ran through all it. Right. I like all, right. all those cool. calls.
2: Yep. yep, all right. Sounds good. Well, guys, we got to get off here. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Roto-World Roto-Grinders DFS Pick 6. Uh, God, I'm just going to enjoy playing Michael Thomas this week. That's like – that's the one uh – that's the one thing that I learned for sure. I'm just loading up on Michael Thomas. And if it screws me, it screws me. But I think that floor is pretty damn high with him. So I'm going to be matching on him. But we got to get going. We got to get the D train home to the woman. It's late. Devin, I know you're ready to go home. I'm going to let you go home and eat that veggie burger that I know you love. But we got to go. So <laughs> for Reeves, for Evan. for Kobe. Merry Christmas. Um, yeah, Merry Christmas, That's, everybody. Uh, See you guys later. Peace. <laughs>